All right, welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. A champion crowned in NASCAR this weekend, Chase Elliott, the third person, 25 or under, to win a title, his first title, third father-son duo to win a title, joining his father, Bill, and a guy who knows a whole lot more about it than me, Ryan McGee of ESPN, is joining us now. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm doing great. You know, that was a fantastic NASCAR finale, and, and uh, you know, it took a little getting used to the winner of the race winning the championship, and now it happens like every year. <laughs> so it was a, it was quite the event on Sunday. Well, I guess, what did you make of Chase Elliott's overall performance? Oh, I thought it was great. And listen, you know, a lot of there were a lot of criticism, obviously, you know, leveled toward the playoff because Kevin Harvick wasn't in the Final Four, and he had, you know, the best car most of the year. But, you know, if you follow other sports, what is a postseason? A postseason, you know, is, you know, if you get hot at the right time, you know, you win a championship. We've seen wild card teams win, you know, the World Series in baseball. We've seen teams that won, you know, 15, uh, 14 games in the regular season in the NFL, you know, lose in their first playoff game. And so Kevin Harvick wasn't hot at the right time, and Chase Elliott was. I mean, he won three races in the playoff and won the last two races of the year. So, you know, if you get the hot hand at the right time, uh, you can win a championship. And it's not like Chase came out of nowhere. He was there all year long. So the performance of that car was something else. And everyone made some sort of misstep, whether it was Brad Keselowski's pit crew or whether it was, you know, the the fact that Hamlin's team just missed the setup. And the, the one of the four that did not was Chase Elliott. And that's why he's the champion. We've been talking a lot about golf post-Tiger Woods and all the up-and-comers and who's going to take the baton, et cetera. How would you say NASCAR is right now in terms of finding its next group of stars? Well, they're there, and I've been saying that for years, and, and I've been I've been doing this for a long time now. I've only known Chase Elliott since he was born, is what I keep telling everyone. <laughs> you know, you know, what, what I've learned, and Ken Squire is actually one that told me this years ago, what I've learned is that wisdom doesn't have a lot to do with being smart. It just has to do with being around for a long time. And, and one day I woke up, and I'd gone to 25 Daytona 500s and, and almost 20 Indy 500s. And so, you know, one day you wake up and you realize, you know, you know a lot just because you've been around. And so the perspective of that, you know, this is the most talented group of young drivers that have come along as a group that I've ever seen. And it's Chase Elliott and it's Ryan Blaney. And it's, you know, we could go down this long list of, of guys. And, you know, I understand that it hurts that Jeff Gordon has retired and that, you know, uh, you know, Mark Martin's done and, and Tony Stewart's done and now Jimmy Johnson's done. But there are so many great young drivers to root for, no matter what part of the country you're from, no matter what kind of ba- racing background you like. They, these racers are all champions from somewhere. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that group, but it felt like a coronation. I mean, Jimmy Johnson being done and Chase Elliott winning a championship, and, uh, and then you saw Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace and all those young guys celebrating with him. And that's, that's an exciting group of young drivers to get, to get fired up about. NASCAR was the first sport back in the COVID world. How do you think it handled the season as a whole, generating new fans, et cetera, and just showing us that we could get through a you know, somewhat normal season of a sport? They got the entire schedule in. I mean, you know, it wasn't the schedule they had. Um, you know, not every racetrack got to have their events like they wanted. But they got all of the points-paying events in. They, they ran a full schedule. They're the only sport to pull it off. And quite honestly, I was writing a big story for ESPN.com back in May, right before NASCAR returned and went to Darlington. There, I was there in the parking lot doing television. And, uh, and I, 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 I was like, there's no way. I mean, you look at – I cover college football. 
And every single day of this pandemic has been just sitting and staring at the computer and waiting on teams to cancel games or postpone games. You know, right before you and I came on the air, Arkansas announced their head coach tested positive for COVID. I mean, this happens all the time. And for NASCAR to have pulled that off, uh, it's amazing. But, but, if I'm being honest, uh, when Steve Phelps and and the people who run NASCAR laid out the plan, I was like, "There's no way they're going to get them all in," and they did it. And 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 I'm not sure how they pulled it off, but they did it. Ryan McGee, ESPN, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM, WDEVRadio.com. He covers college football, covers NASCAR, does it as well or better than anybody. I want to ask you about Steve Phelps, the commissioner of NASCAR, a Vermont native, a guy who who honed his love for NASCAR at Catamount Speedway. Um, you wrote a story on him about two years ago about him becoming president and commissioner of NASCAR. How do you think he's doing two years later? I think he's doing a tremendous job. And I think that he has had to uh, deal with issues that none of his predecessors did. I mean, you look at just what happened shortly after the turn of NASCAR with Bubba Wallace mm-hmm. and, and the, the decision to ban the Confederate flag. And then you that all happened in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, and Steve Phelps talking to me about 95 different iterations of the 2020 schedule. And every time they thought they had it, something happened and they had to erase a month and start over again. And so all of those things on top of the challenge of, you know, sagging television ratings and the challenge of having to compete with other sports and the challenge of the retirements that we were just talking about. I mean, the biggest stars in the sport who have retired, you know, a lot of them own Steve Phelps watch. So I think it's a tremendous job. And what I've told everyone is that he's not a France. I get it. He's not from the France family. Um, you know, he's not from a family that, that NASCAR fans might have known about. But people that I'm talking to right now in New England, they know who Steve Phelps is. And the people that went to Catamount Speedway and sat in the grandstands with him, and he still will sneak in there, you know, (laughs) in short tracks around New Hampshire if he ever sneaks up there for some vacation. So it's, it is in in Vermont and and all over New England. So it is a, uh, he's a race fan first and foremost. Yes, he works at the NFL uh, and learned part of his his craft as a commissioner, as you say. And, uh, but I'm, I'm blown away at what he's done. And I don't know that he has received enough credit for it. Well, you mentioned Ken Squire a couple of minutes ago. Ken Squire, a NASCAR legend broadcasting hall of famer and the owner of this radio station that i'm sitting in right now now let me ask you this kind of playfully kind of tongue-in-cheek but also kind of true i just took this job i'm getting more more indoctrinated to nascar coverage and, and just getting into the racing scene itself how big a deal is my owner what should i know about him hey so we better say nice things right if yeah. all of a sudden if all everybody out there if all of a sudden the signal goes away yeah. and i it starts talking to me and, and ken is listening and he pulled the plug no li- listen you you are the type of person that Ken Squire has always loved. And and you're the person that you said you're learning NASCAR. And when Ken Squire was on the radio and was on the PA and then when he became a broadcaster and then, you know, when he was on CBS all those years, you know, the part that he loved the most, and this is the part that I've always taken away from him and, and that I've always, the lesson I've learned from him is it's not as much about the race cars and the racetracks and tires and all that stuff. It's that, that's all cool. But at the end of the day, it's about the superheroes that are driving those cars and the stories behind them. And then the stories behind the crew chiefs and the stories behind the car owners and, and the people who own the racetracks. And Ken Squire has always been about the people of the sport 
and the stories behind those people and the stories that those people tell. You know, Ken has always seen it as his job to you know take those stories to the people because you're a lot more interested in watching a race if you're emotionally invested or you find sort of sort of connection with the person who's behind the wheel and uh you know it's only sport with, they're wearing helmets and they're in the car and you never see them until the race is over with but yet you feel a connection to them and ken squires always worked very hard to tell the stories of those people and you know that's a baton that, that i'm trying to carry now well, I'll get you out of here on this. I hung out with Ken Squire at the Vermont Milk Bowl at Thunder Road just a couple uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and it was really my first trip to Thunder Road, my first trip to a to a short track um, race, and it was pretty pretty cool. How do I ingratiate myself and make myself part of the scene better for next year? Because I felt a little out of my element, Ryan. What can I do to better fit in? Well, what you do is is you just follow Ken around and listen, okay? Because he will let you know who's who's legit and who's not, and um, you know. It, and as you learn, I mean, listen, going going there with Ken, that's like going to the cherry blossoms with George Washington, hmm. right? I mean, that's uh, the cherry trees. That, that's uh, it, that's a that's a life lesson, man. A lot of people would pay money to have that experience. So my advice is. Just listen to what Ken has to say. The man can't help but tell you stories. And so when you walk around with him and he says, this person's this and this person's that, and this race happened here in 1979, and let me tell you about that, listen to all of that. Because to me, that's what I love. I love race cars. Race cars are awesome. But at the end of the day, uh, the stories of the people who drive the race cars and build them and, and own the racetracks, that's way more interesting. Ryan McGee, ESPN, college football, NASCAR reporter, and does it awesome. Wrote a really good piece earlier in the year about the Confederate flag being banned from NASCAR events was really, really powerful. Wrote the great piece on Steve Phelps a couple of years ago and a whole lot of great stuff before, in between, and after that. So, Ryan, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Hey, call me anytime. And, and hey, if everybody's heard the end of this interview, then we didn't make Ken mad, and that's always <laughs> a good goal to have. That is certainly a good goal to have. Ryan McGee, thank you very much, man. Appreciate it again. Yes, sir.